You're listening to The John Cordray Show, number 58. Today I'm talking about the most common mental illness in the United States. Do you think you know what it is? If you're not from the U.S., stay tuned because I want you to hear this because I know this affects your country as well. So coming up in the John Cordray Show, I'm going to be talking about the most common mental illness in the U.S. This episode of the John Cordray Show was brought to you by KeepCalmAcademy.com. Keep Calm Academy is an eight-module course for those who are experiencing anxiety, stress, anger, fear, any imbalanced emotion. It's an online course that you can watch or listen to right from your phone, and it's packed full of lessons, of coping skills, and resources, exactly what you need to keep calm. So visit KeepCalmAcademy.com to find out more. Welcome back to the John Cordray Show. My name is John Cordray, and I will be your host for a while today. I'm a licensed therapist as well as the calm expert, and it is my mission to help people all over the world learn to keep calm. So if you struggle with learning what it takes to keep calm, and if you're stressed out to the max, then you are at the right place, my friend. And I want to talk a little bit today. I want to bring and highlight the uh, stat that I've been reading and looking up uh, for quite a while, and it is so staggering that I wanted to bring it to your attention. And the most common mental illness in the United States, and I would have to say, if I had to guess, I don't have, I don't have proof of this, but I would say this is the most common mental illness in the entire world. So even if you're not from the U.S., this affects you. I know it does. So what is it? What do you think it is? What do you think that it is the most common mental illness in the United States? And if you guess anxiety, you are correct. You got it. Now listen to this. I want to read these stats to you. Now I'm getting these stats from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And they sort they uh, cite some sources as well, and and this one is the, the first one that uh, I'm going to share with you. They cite the National Institute of Mental Health, and that's a government agency of the U.S. And they say N I M H, that's their acronym. They say that anxiety disorders affect 40 million adults in the U.S. That's about 18% of the population. And let me read that to you again. 40 million adults in the U.S. are affected by a reported anxiety disorder. Now, I want to highlight what I just said there. Reported. This does not take in consideration those who are not reporting to uh, a, a hospital or their doctor or a therapist or their insurance. Anxiety is completely and utterly underreported, but the the numbers that we have, that people that actually do say that they have some form of anxiety disorder, it's 40 million, and that's only at ages 18 and older. There are millions more who are younger than 18 that suffer from an anxiety disorder, and here's the thing that's that boggles my mind 
Anxiety disorders are highly treatable. Highly treatable. There is hope. If you struggle with anxiety, it's treatable. Yet, the study shows, only about one-third of those suffering from anxiety receive treatment. Only a third. That blows my mind. That means that there are millions and millions and millions of people in the U.S. and around the world right now, today, who are suffering from anxiety, but they're not getting treatment. Why? Why? You're suffering in silence. You're not reaching out for help. And there are a number of reasons why that's the case. It could be you don't have the time. You feel like you don't have the time. It could be a matter of convenience. Maybe you don't have a car. Maybe you can't reach out to a therapist or go to the doctor. Maybe it's financial. I don't know, but there are so many millions of people who are not getting treated. And I think probably the biggest reason, now it's just my speculation, but I think my biggest uh, reason I think it is is that people are just being stubborn. They don't want to admit that they have a weakness. They don't want to admit that they need to go talk to a therapist. And so their stubbornness, their unwillingness to get help is preventing them from really enjoying the life that they want to live. 40 million people in the U.S. alone have anxiety disorder. So I want to kind of break that down a little bit. I want to break that down. Here, here's the thing. People with anxiety disorder, according to the study, are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized. Anxiety disorders from a complex set of risk factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, personality, and life events, can create this anxiety. And with anxiety, if you know anything about anxiety disorders, there are are different categories of anxiety. And so I want to kind of break this down. The study breaks it down into uh, the the categories of anxiety and then an estimated percentage of the U.S. population. Again, remember, this is only adults who have reported this. And so the breakdown goes like this. There is uh, anxiety that's called generalized anxiety disorder. The acronym is GAD, GAD. So generalized anxiety disorder, according to the study, affects nearly uh, at least 6.8 million adults. Generalized anxiety disorder affects 6.8 million adults, which is roughly around just over 3% of the U.S. population. And women are twice as likely to be affected than men with generalized anxiety disorder. That is a lot of people. Generalized anxiety disorder is just anxiety that sticks with you, but there's no real reason, specific reason why you just have it. You wake up in the morning and you have anxiety. You go to bed at night and you have anxiety. It's there. It's Sometimes it gets really bad, and sometimes it's just in the background. But it's there almost constantly, and that is generalized anxiety disorder. Next is panic disorder, getting panic attacks. Listen to this. Six million people have a panic disorder. 
Again, women are twice as likely to be affected as men. And if you suffer from a panic disorder, if you have a panic attack, and many people who have a panic attack feel like they're having a heart attack, their heart races, they sweat, their chest tightens, and it gets hurt, it starts to get hurt, and you feel like you're having a heart attack, but really it's a panic attack. And with panic attacks, there's a high comorbidity, which is a a combination of other uh, illnesses as well, and most common with anxiety is depression. So if you have anxi- an anxiety disorder, the likelihood of you being depressed is very high. So you're walking around in the world, you're living in this world with both anxiety and depression. And you may even have other struggles combined with that. And then the next one is what's called social anxiety disorder or a social phobia where you Freak out when you're around people, going somewhere new, being in public places just kind of freaks you out and, and, and you just want to leave. You want to look for the exit and get out of there. And so you uh, meeting new people and, and going to public places is a lot. It's very, very difficult for you. Now, listen to this stat. 15 million people in the U.S. That's 6.8% of the population. And that is staggering to me. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, I have social anxiety. I am one of those 15 million people. Then you struggle. You struggle every day. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to go to the work. You have to make phone calls. You have to interact with people. And yet you have social anxiety. And that is hard, isn't it? It is so hard. And and here's the thing. According to the study, men and women are equally suffering from social anxiety. And usually, as far as the study is concerned, is typically around the age of 13, it, the social anxiety starts to develop. And being a teenager, it's hard enough, and you're trying to, to figure out who you are as a person and your identity, and you might be having the social anxiety on top of that. And at last, it continues until you, all the way through your life, unless you get it treated. You know, the study, according to a 2007 study survey, that 36% of the people with social anxiety disorder report experiencing symptoms for 10 or more years before seeking help. They wait for 10 or more years to get help. And if you're listening to this and you're one of those people who who suffer from anxiety, but you're resisting getting help, let me ask you why. Why are you waiting to get the help that you need? Your anxiety is highly treatable. It is treatable. You just need to reach out and ask for help. You are not going to be able to get through this on your own, not by yourself, not through sheer willpower alone. You need help. You need someone to guide you and to help you and to support you and inspire you. Next on the list is specific phobias. A specific phobia would be uh, a phobia of heights or a phobia of flying, a fear of flying or a fear of 
of spiders or a fear of snakes. A specific phobia is that there is something that you're completely afraid of. It could be elevators. It could be tight places. You have claustrophobic. And, and you have a specific phobia. And you're not alone. 19 million people in the U.S. have a specific phobia. And typically, this begins in childhood. And a study says the median age of onset when this specific phobia starts is around seven years old. Wow. Imagine a seven-year-old child having a specific phobia and living with that phobia all of his life. Wow. That is so difficult. Next on the list is OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. 2.2 million people are reported to suffer from OCD in the U.S. OCD is is where you have a compulsion or obsession. You can't get it out of your mind. You have to do something repeatedly. It's a ritual, and if you don't do the ritual, you feel like, Something bad is going to happen, so you are compelled to do it. Maybe it's hand-washing. Maybe it's checking locks. It may be counting. Whatever your your compulsion is, it's driving you crazy, right? It's, getting interfe- it's interfering with your day-to-day life. I've had clients who have spent hours and hours and hours in the restroom getting cleaned because they can't get cleaned enough. And it affects their life. They can't do regular things throughout their day because of the OCD. It's so bad that it keeps them from doing what they really want to do. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like human. Please follow the link in the show notes. And the the next one I wanted to, to highlight is PTSD. We know what that is now, right? Post-traumatic stress disorder. 7.7 million people are reported to have a PTSD. And this study shows that rape is the most likely trigger of PTSD. 65% of men and 45.9%, I also say 46% of women who are raped will develop the disorder. Isn't that interesting? 65% of men, but only 46% of women who are raped will develop the disorder. And childhood sexual abuse is a strong predictor of lifetime likelihood of PTSD. And we know that veterans who served in the war 
who've seen tragic things happen, who have had their life at, in jeopardy, who, who thought they were going to die or they've watched other people, their friends die, they come back and they have PTSD. We know that there are police officers and first responders that develop PTSD. So I think this, the stat of 7.7 million, I think that's just a drop in a bucket. I think there are a lot of people in this world who are suffering from PTSD and no one even knows. And you're feeling lonely and you're wondering, why, do I, why should I keep living? And uh, along with this, this research, this study, I think it's really uh, applicable because it talks about how major depression and anxiety disorders go together. And in fact, it says that a major depressive disorder is the leading cause of disability in the U.S. for ages 15 to around 44 years old. And a major depressive disorder affects almost 15 million adults in the U.S. That's 6.7%. And again, that's 18 and older. And so if you have an anxiety disorder, the likelihood of you being depressed is very high. And again, this is what's reported. This is only in the U.S. If you think it globally, then the numbers are off the charts. Statistically speaking, those of you who are listening to my podcast of this episode right now, you have anxiety or you have depression and you know someone who has. Now, why am I saying this? Why am I bringing this out into the light? Why am I highlighting this? Well, for a number of reasons. One, I think it's underreported. I think that there's an awful lot of you who are suffering in silence and you don't seek out help, even though anxiety is highly treatable. And I want to speak to you. If you are one of those people who are the silent sufferers, who suffer in anxiety by yourself and no one knows and you just kind of grin and bear it and you're not getting help, you're not reaching out, then I want to speak to you. And I want to ask you why not get the help that's there. You're not the only one. That's the other reason why I wanted to show this uh, to you. 40 million people in the U.S., ages 18 and older, have an anxiety disorder. You are not the only one. And how many times have you felt that you are the only one that suffers from anxiety? That nobody else understands what you're going through. I bet you've thought that before. And I, according to this study, I want you to realize that when you go to work and when you look around and go to the grocery store and you go about your day, you will see people in your realm of, of relationships and, and acquaintances, they have anxiety. The chances of the people that you see today when you look around you, 
have anxiety. Look around. Do do a kind of a mental uh, mental check. And wherever you go, I did this recently when I went uh, when I flew to San Francisco. I was on an airplane and, and on a layover, so I was in the the airport and I would look around, and there were not many people who were smiling, not many people who seemed happy. In fact, almost everyone <laughs> that I looked at was had a frown on their face. It looked sad. And so I want to encourage you: look around you. How many people? that you see actually look happy. I think there are an awful lot of people in our world today who are not happy. I think there are an awful lot of people in our world who have so much anxiety and depression and stress that how in the world can they even think about being happy? And then when you you have this high anxiety and and depression, that leads to a lot of health disorders as well. And so you have bad health and bad mental health. You combine that, and no wonder people are depressed. No wonder people are not happy in our society. No wonder there's so many people who are addicted to drugs and addicted to so many unhealthy things to avoid and to mask and to self-medicate because their pain and their hurt and their suffering. There are a lot of people in our world, a lot of people in your world who are suffering, who are hurting, who are emotionally wounded, and yet they don't reach out for help. It could be the stigma. There is a stigma today still. If you were to say, I'm going, I need to go to a therapist, I know one of the first things that you may be thinking, what will other people think when they find out that I have to go to a therapist? People don't want to admit that they're weak, but guess what? We are. (laughs) We are weak. We are weak. And it's when you're able to say that I am weak, I suffer from this, whether it's anxiety or depression or some other struggle, it's when you're able to say, I am weak and I suffer from this, that's when you begin to get help. That's when you become stronger. For when you admit that you're weak, you start your journey of becoming stronger. But when you resist that, when you stop and and prevent yourself and you don't say that you're weak and you pretend that you're strong, you will always be weak. You will. You cannot pretend to be strong forever. You might look strong on the outside, but on the inside, you are weak. And that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. That's what the stigma of our society says, that you can't be weak, can't show your weakness. You got to look strong. But I think that mentality is what's driving the stress and the anxiety and the depression in our world today. And that is my mission. My mission in life my passion is light in life is to help people around the world learn to keep calm. That's why I became a therapist. That's why I have developed Keep Calm Academy. It's a, a, a online training, self-training at your own pace on how to learn to keep calm from stress and from anger or from anxiety or depression or fears. You need the tools. You need to learn what you 
need to do to keep calm. And I developed it. And you can watch the lessons and the audio. You can listen to the audio right from your phone, wherever you're at. I've used technology and combined with mental help and emotional help. And I combined what I know as a therapist, what I have learned and and how I've learned from my clients. And I put it all inside of Keep Poem Academy. At your fingertips. There is no reason not to get help. If you don't want to go to the therapist, okay. If you don't feel like you can't leave your house, okay. Then I have something to help you, and that's keepcalmacademy.com. I want to help you. And the best way that I know how to help you and get into what the tools and the resources that you need is inside Keep Calm Academy. And I hope you go check it out. I hope you look into it because I believe that you'll get the help. I hear from other people who are inside Keep Calm Academy. I just got an email today from somebody. And she said that she was able to cut back on her medication because of the lessons in Keep Calm Academy. That blows my mind. It humbles me. But it doesn't surprise me. Because I know what works. I know what you need to do for you. But you have to be the one to work on it. You have to desire. You have to admit that I'm weak and I need to get help. And you reach out and you work on it. You do something about it. And that's what Keep Calm Academy does. It allows you to work on you at your own pace. You don't have to go to a therapist. Although I'm not saying that this is a replacement of therapy. I don't want you to think that. If you need to talk to a therapist, then obviously I want you to talk to a therapist. But if you feel like just talking about your feelings or you have some, um, for some reason you don't want to do that, then how about watching these lessons or listening to them? I have both video and audio and they're bite-sized chunks that you don't have to sit and watch for hours and hours. I do one thing at a time so you can play it and rewind it and listen to it over and over and over again. It is your library. And once you're in it, you're in it. And I know it will help you, but that's got to be your decision. And if not keep calm Academy, then you need to do something. You need to do something right now. If you're not seeing a therapist, then call a therapist, talk to them. Talk to somebody. Start. It starts with admitting that you're weak and that you need help. It starts with you. So if you want to join me in my mission to help people keep calm over the world, it starts with you. I want to be the voice that encourages you to take action now. Don't live in defeat any longer. Don't suffer in silence any longer don't feel ashamed any longer because you are a part of a massive population of the world who suffers from anxiety and and depression but don't be a part of the population that never reaches out for help you've got to do it so i want you right now i'm going to end this and i want you to go to keepcalmacademy.com And I want you to look at it. I want you to give it a try. 
I to, to help you, I give you a 30-day back guarantee. If you pay for it and you get in it and you realize, you know what, this isn't for me, and you have 30 days since from the day that you purchased Keep Calm Academy to get your money back. That's how much I believe in it. I know it works. And I also, if you can't be able to do the one-time payment, I have uh, an option where you can pay for it over a course of three months to help you. And I want, I want you to have this resource. So go there, look at it. I know it will help you. And I want to encourage you to go to keepcalmacademy.com right now. And I want you to sign up for it. And I want you to start working on you. And you're going to get a lot of resources, a lot of lessons, a lot of bonus content. You are going to be so equipped with a library full of resources at your fingertips. And I've devoted my life to this. I devoted uh, my energy and my passion inside of Keep Calm Academy because I want you to start working on you. I want you to be one of the many people inside Keep Calm Academy that's getting the help that you need. I want you to be the person, the next person that emails me and says, man, I've been able to do this because of your program, because it works. You've encouraged me. The lessons, the, the tools that you have in there that help me cope with my, my anxiety. I want you to be that person. I know, you, I know it could be you, but you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to invest in yourself. Invest in your in mental health and go to keepcalmacademy.com. And I want you to sign up for it. And I want you to take your mental health seriously. Okay. Don't be a part of the 40 million plus who are suffering from an anxiety disorder and you're not getting the help that you need. Now, if you're going to a therapist, awesome. Keep going. But use, you can use Keep Calm Academy as a supplement. And if you're a therapist and you're listening to this, then Keep Calm Academy can help your clients. All the tools and the resources are there. So if you're a therapist, and if you're interested, then you sign up and you look in, in the resources. That way you'll be able to offer this to your clients as, a, as an, a supplement to what you're offering as their therapist. I know it works. And I just want you to try it out. Work on you. It's not a book. It's not group sessions. It's an individual you and me. I've recorded my video and I recorded my audio, all the lessons, you watch it from your phone or watch it from your tablet or watch it from, from your computer and they'll help you. And if you feel like it doesn't, I'll give you your money back within 30 days of when you purchase it. So if you are affected, if you're one of the, the many people, the millions of people with anxiety or depression, then I want to encourage you to start working on you. Say something, speak up. Don't be silent any longer. Take action on you, okay? <laughs> All right, I will let you go. Thank you so much for listening. I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to feel like you're alone because you're not. I want to help you. If you have a question that you want to ask me, reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at John P. Cordray. And I want to hear from you. 
All right. Take care. Bye-bye.